2020 is a unique year for many of us. For some, you know, uh, it was a slow year um, for the ministry, like a Proverbs 2 to 6, we could not go into prison and uh, do the ministry. Uh, for some, uh, like what Miss Susan uh, prayed earlier, lost their jobs, don't have money. Um, uh, for many, um, the quarantine uh, at home, not able to go anywhere, even when we wanted to go to the store to buy stuff, we have to wear a mask. The other day we had a church service with like a very few people, like a 20, 30 people. They had like a, a small gathering um, and then um, they wanted to, you know, finish the service, clean up the place before another 20, 30 come into the place. But the whole service, we were wearing a mask. It was really rough to sing worship songs with the masks on, right? So it's a different year. In so many ways, so many unwanted death happened because of COVID. And the life wasn't the same like in the previous years. It just redefined a little bit of how we take up our life. And so this morning and the next couple of weeks, what we will do is like we will actually as we wait for the new year 2021 coming up, we will take time to go to the Lord and ask Him to break through the things that we have gone this year and the years past. We're looking for God to just like open the doors for us in ways that we have never seen it open in the past. And so, if you have your Bible, I want you to take um, a moment to go to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. I really was very tempted to put like Miss Fred Lee to read this chapter because there were, as I was reading through this morning, it was just like a lot of tough words to read. And so the immediate thought I had was like, maybe I should un, um, uh, you know, do the muting and let Miss Fred Lee lead us. But uh, um, this morning, I'm going to read this passage. So, Miss Fred Lee, you should relax yourself. Second Samuel, chapter 2, verses 17 through 25. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. In some passages it says uh, he went down to the battlefield. That's the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hands. In other words, God was saying, don't worry, I'm behind you. Go after these guys. I will deliver them, right? Verse 20 says, So David 
went to Baal for Zim, and David repeated, defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Praise the Lord. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal-Pharazim, and they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon, come upon them in front of the mulberry tree. And it shall be, when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Here's the thing. This morning as we are going through this year, wrapping up this year, my prayer is that we will go and go before the Lord of hosts and ask God to just like open the areas that has been shut, the, the areas that we feel like we need a breakthrough. What is a breakthrough, right? I was looking for a definition of a breakthrough. It's like overcoming something, overcoming something and having an achievement in the, in the field of science, in the field of technology, in the field of medicine, even with the COVID, they have a breakthrough with this medicine. The Pfizer has a medicine and the other companies have a medicine, right? It's a breakthrough that the, 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 the pharmaceutical industry was looking for. And another definition says a sudden, dramatic, and an important discovery or a development is what breakthrough is. Now, this morning, as we come before the Lord in the valley, just like what David was going through, I want to go back to that passage for a few minutes and talk about this passage a little bit before we go into practically how we can make this passage apply to us today. When Philistines heard that they had anointed, here the Philistines are hearing that the, the children of Israel has anointed David king over Israel. And all the Philistines went to search for David. If you are in the middle of a breakthrough, if you are in the verge of winning, if you are anointed as a king, if you have something that the enemy smells as a trouble for him, he's going to come after you, and he's going to come after me. So, that's what they're doing. They heard that David has been, uh, you know, made as a king. It scares the enemy, because 
the enemy, David did not become king, you know, all of a sudden. There is some history between David and the Philistines. You know that when Goliath, the Philistine, was just, you know, talking bad about the, 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 the children of Israel, David showed up in that battle and took down their leader at that point in time. They, he took down the giant at that point. And so the Philistines knows that there is something about David. If they let David settle down, David's going to cause some additional trouble for these men and women in Philistine. So, David has done a lot of battle up until this point. David has done so much so that he escaped from Saul. He fought with so many people along the way. And so, going to battle for David is not new. David has done it so many times in the past, and he could do it one more time. But look at David. When he hears about the battle, when he hears about the people ganging up against him, the first thing that David did, the Bible says, he went to the Lord saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? That's what this morning I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about going before the Lord and asking Him, God, would you deliver this next year into my hands? God, would you deliver the breakthrough that I'm looking for in my life, in my business? God, would you help overcome my finances? God, would you help overcome the health issues that I'm going through. God, would you help overcome the habit that I'm stuck with, that I'm not able to get out of? God, would you help me to open the doors that's been shut for so long? God, would you let me go through this wall that I'm not able to go through? God, would you help me to break through in my spiritual life. God, would you help me to overcome the resources that I'm constantly fighting against? God, would you help me, Father? Would you go with me into the battlefield? And the breakthrough will come when we seek Him with all our heart and all of our mind. And the, and the Bible says that in two different occasions, the Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says, Even now, declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and He relents from sending calamity. The Bible says, Return to me with 
all your heart, not partial heart. Return to me with fasting and weeping and mourning. Here's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. There are areas that we are stuck. There are areas that we are not able to move out of. There are areas that we need His help. And the Bible says, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. As we start this new year, there are so many churches in this nation uh, that just goes on a fasting in the beginning of the year. They fast over the things that they want to achieve in this year. There are a couple of things that I'm going to talk about this morning that you could apply that in the next couple of days before we start the new year. We talked about on a Friday night, I believe, that <clears throat> we need to start writing a love letter to God on what we want in the next year. There were so many times that I've seen God not only give what's written in that paper, but he has given a lot more than what we have thought through and written in that piece of paper. And I'm asking you to take a moment, not think about your resolution on the 31st of December. Instead, take this whole week leading up to 31st to think about the things that you want to achieve and the things that you want to break through on in your life. The things that you want to see accomplished, broken through, and just filled up has to be written in a piece of paper. It can be small, it can be big, it doesn't matter what, but it is between you and your God. Write down everything that you want God to come and show up in your life. Right. And, and the fasting is, is one of the fascinating things that we could be doing in this journey so we can actually see the breakthrough happen. Fasting, that when we do a fast like uh, uh, in the beginning of the year, that, that doesn't mean that we are manipulating God in getting what we want. It is telling God, I'm serious about what I am looking for. It, the, the things that I have been blocked off in this life, I cannot go through another year with the same story, God. I need ways to get closer to you. The Bible says, draw unto me and I will draw unto you. I need God. My, I need you, God, in my life. My family needs you, God. My spiritual needs, needs have to be met. God, I want to be active in my spiritual life. I'm hungering and thirsting after you, Father God. None of these things matter. I want to be wholly available, fully available. With all my heart, I want to be there. I want to be real before you, God. I am done with this status quo. I am done with living this sissy Christian life. I want some vibration in my Christian life. God, I want you more than anything in this life.
Isaiah says. When we fast, there is a chapter that the whole that, that the whole chapter is about, like a chapter 58 of Isaiah. It is talking about the people that are saying to God, God, I am constantly praying, but my prayers are not coming through. In fact, there was one time the disciples went to Jesus and he, they said, God, this one thing that we know has we have dealt with it in the past. We have prayed over like this one before. And we have seen the, the spirits leave the body. But this one, God, we are not able to break through. We are not able to get this spirit leave the body of this boy. God, what happened? Why? And Jesus says that certain things will not leave unless you fast and pray. And there is something about fasting that fascinates me. In, in fact, in the book of Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 says, when we fast like what he describes to fast, God says it will loosen the bonds of wickedness in us. It will undo the heaviness, uh, uh, the, the heavy burdens. It will let the oppressed go free and you break every yoke. That's the kind of, you know, breakthrough that I am looking for. I know there are so many of you that are listening on the podcast this morning, afternoon, or evening. I'm asking you podcasters to take time to look for this God in this new year for your breakthrough. Because God is not done with you. God has a fresh anointing waiting for you in the new year. God wants to do something more and bigger in your life than what you are going through right now. And, and the reason why it is so important for us to go to God first like David did. David says, God, I, I want to go to this battle. I know how to win this battle. God, I know I have all the skills needed. God, I have all the people that I have lined up. But God, I want to know, are you in this with me? That's what David is doing. David is saying, God, I want you in this. And that's what fasting does to you and me. And I'm here this morning to encourage you to pray about a time that you would spend in the beginning of the year praying over the things that you're asking God for. In fact, fasting and praying is not your idea, it's not my idea, it's not idea of any preacher, it's God's idea of a breakthrough. Moses fasted for 40 days before he got the tablet written with the Ten Commandments. Elijah fasted for 40 days when he was chased by Jezebel. Jesus fasted for 40 days before he started the ministry. Daniel fasted for 21 days when he needed an answer. 
Paul fasted for 10 days. In another time, it says he fasted for 14 days. Another time, 7 days. Paul constantly fasted when he needed God to show up in his life. Peter fasted for three days. Early ch church came together and they fasted. Even the writers of the Old Testament, the Old Testament has a law. There is a day allocated for atonement. The, the, the children of Israel, one time in a year, they just fasted for a whole day. I do not know what kind of a fasting that you are looking to do or take as the new year comes. Sometimes it is not how how much how many days you want to fast. It is how deep and hunger hungry you are to break away from the things that you're fasting for. How much agony that you have in your stomach, in the pit of your stomach to get that breakthrough. That whole agony is just going to come out as fasting when you go before the Lord in the new year comes. There is a man named Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. He was a firm believer in the power of fasting and prayer. There are certain people who believe in fasting more than many in this nation. We as a church have stopped talking about fasting and prayer across this nation. We want people not to get like a bogged down by these kind of like a intense efforts. And so here, this author, Bill Bright, in his book, Why You Should Fast, he listed down the reasons for seeking God through the self-denial of fasting. And there are certain reasons that he gives. And I'm hoping this morning, as you listen to this voice of mine, you feel that God is just like a provoking in you, a fresh tinkling in your heart to think about fasting this morning. And I pray that as you start to go towards God in asking for things, God says like, a, come to me with an open heart. Come to me with a full heart. And it says in Joel chapter 2, with fasting, right? And so here, this man is saying, what does the fasting do? to a believer. Fasting was an expected discipline in both Old and New Testament. Fasting and prayer can restore the loss of the first love for your Lord and result in a more intimate relationship with Christ. That's his number one reason. That it will restore the love that we have for the Lord. And it says, fasting is a biblical way to truly humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Fasting enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your true spiritual condition, resulting in brokenness, repentance, and a transformed life. 
fasting will encourage the Holy Spirit to quicken the Word of God in your heart and His truth will become more meaningful to you. Fasting can transform your prayer life into a richer and more personal experience. Fasting can result in a dynamic personal revival in your life and make you a channel of revival for others. Many times we don't want to fast because you know, we, we think that, oh my God, that's too much. I cannot, my health conditions uh, don't comply. The fasting that I'm talking about, definitely go after that with the all seriousness and take the food, certain food sometimes out of your, you know, diet. Take, uh, you know, sometimes uh, uh, the fasting can be in so many ways that you want to do this sacrificially. For the Lord. There, there is a, a, a man named John Piper. He says, uh, the absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. He's just even equating the absence of fasting is a contentment. We are okay with with God not just operating in our life. We're just content with everything that's going on. We're just okay with the things that are st still broken, the walls being down, and the business not flourishing, and the relationship is still broken. We are okay with God not showing up in our life. This morning, I'm here to say that you should have a strong desire for the glory of God. You want to get drunk deeply and, and are satisfied only if He shows up in your life. I want to go back to that passage one more time. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verses 7, chapter, um, chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 5. Verses 17 through 25, that's where we started. So, here's what has happened. The children of Israel is now also camped after David has inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hands. God says, Okay, go after them. Go after them. This is the right time. I am with you, right? And so David went to this place called Baal-Perazim, -Fer right? Baal-Perazim. And David defeated them there. And he said, this is exactly what, you know, David is just like a fascinated by. He knows when God shows up in his battle, he's already seen that. Over and over and over again in his life. Only when God shows up in his life, he's going to break away from those things that are bothering him. That's what got him out of the hands of Saul. That's what got him out of the hands of these uh, Amorites and, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the people that were bothering him in Ziglag and all these places. He knows when he goes into a battle, he wants to make sure God shows up in his battle. My dear brothers and sisters on this line, 
If you want God to show up in your life, you make sure that you inquire that He will show up. Moses says, God, I will not go to this place unless you show up. When God was one time very angry with the children of Israel, he says, go away. I'm not going to be your God. He was so frustrated because of their complaining and murmuring and constant bickering. And God says, oh my God, what an unfaithful, gratefulness uh, of people. I'm not going to be with them. And Moses pleads with God saying, God, we cannot move even an inch unless your presence goes before us. And so you see here that the victory was given to David in a platter, in a plate. David defeated them there. And then he turns around and he praises God. And here's how he is praising God. He is saying that the Lord has broken my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called this place Baal-Pharazim, which means the Lord of the breakthrough. He called that place as a reminder to the people that this is a place where my God gave me the breakthrough. But look at the people. In the verse 21 it says, They, the Philistines, left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. In, in another translation it says, They left their idols. This is, you know, the battle is won. The battle is given to David. Why would God care about making a note of this sentence in the middle of this passage? There's nothing, uh, this, this content that is there is absolutely no relationship because the battle's over, they've gone. But the Bible records that they have left their idols there. If you are going to a battle, right? And if you carry certain idols into your battle, that means you're relying on that battle, on those idols. For some of us, the idol may be to work extra hour in our company so that we can win this battle that can overcome the financial burden that our families are going through. For some of us, the idol may be that we should buy this new equipment that is needed to expand our ministry, our, our, our uh, business. For some of us, it is to add the marketing strategy and the planning to expand the church or the ministry is the idol. For some of us, uh, it is uh, the work that I have to put into this battle for me to win. But in the end, the Philistines had to leave those idols behind. The idols that they thought, the gods that they thought will save them, didn't save them. And so they had to leave those idols as they ran away for their life. 
But God is saying, if you are looking for a breakthrough in your life, if you're looking for me to show up in your life, if you have something that you have between me and you, you need to remove the middleman from this conversation. You, if you are going to keep an idol in the middle, thinking that's going to save you, then I am not the God you should be looking for. God is a jealous God. He will never share His glory with anybody and anything. And He says, leave your idols if you're looking for a breakthrough. The Philistines left their idols that they thought will save them in the battle against David. In order for us to leave the idol, the first thing that we need to do is to self-deny ourselves. We need to get out of this mode of being confident on the things that we have in our hands. We need to step out of this comfort zone that we are in. When Moses was standing near the burning bush, God says, remove your sandals. For the place you're standing is a holy ground. To some of us, uh, the, 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 the slippers, the sandals that we stand on is our comfort zone. God says, uh, remove your comfort zone because you're looking for a breakthrough. If fasting is not your comfort zone, God says, get used to it. Do things that makes you comfortable. But at the same time, I want you to push that boundary. If you are able to take a moment to self-deny yourself and remove the idols, then the victory is assured. The breakthrough is assured. I heard so many people talk about their breakthroughs when they fasted and prayed. And in fact, I just like I took some of their testimonies. I'm going to read them to you. There was a, a, a person named Tansy Tiov. And she writes, throughout these 21 days, so she probably prayed 21 days and fasted, right? And my cell group or the prayer cell group and I have been praying and fasting for my dad's salvation. And last night in my home, my dad received salvation and accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Amen. This is a real person writing about her experience of a breakthrough that she was asking God for as she prayed and fasted for her father. Another one, Clara, she says, My dad suffered a stroke and half of his body was paralyzed. He's been on a wheelchair since late April this year. I prayed my dad every day, every single day for 21 days. Initially, nothing much happened. But God did a miracle. I was... Uh, taking care of my dad at home and watching 
a service online as I watched I prayed and I laid hands on my father's shirt as he was upstairs could not watch the service as I was praying my dad suddenly got up and started walking downstairs I want to thank God for the healing for my father victory Ford um, there was a lady named Victory Ford. She writes, My husband and I separated two months after I gave birth to our third child. It was the most painful trial ever. But God is amazing. He brought us back together after eight months. During our first talk, my husband said that he missed God so much and wanted to repent and go back to Him. Another one named Ivan. Ivan, I-V-A-N. He says, I'm a freelance interior designer. I've been going through many months without any project work. I fasted and prayed for a week. And a deal worth of over 20000 came in. Winnie says, I've been praying for God to open doors for me in the areas of my job. For past four months, my company has been retrenching staff, which means firing. Just this week, I received a job offer to manage an admin team. Praise the Lord. This list goes on and on and on. There's a site where I was so amazed and fascinated by how people were getting relief from their financial burden, how, how the healing was happening. And I know even in the past, there is a history, early 1900s in the Azusa Street, when the people were fasting and praying, the tumors were falling from their body and the blood all over the floor. And somebody has to come clean up the floor because the tumor no longer existed in their body. We serve a God of the breakthrough. And the God of the breakthrough says, uh, remove the idols, remove the idols, uh, and you will see the breakthrough happen in your life. And then the verse 22 says, then the Philistines went up once more. Once again, the Philistines were not done with David. They were first beaten, they left their idols, they ran. And here's what happened. When they left this time, when they came to fight for them, as usual, David, David saw last time when he went after the Philistine, they were running for their life. David could have been a cocky and said, this time I'm going to go after this Philistines because I know last time we won the battle against them. But no, not David. David inquired of the Lord and he said, God, shall I go after this Philistine? And this time, God says, you shall not go up. God says, wait, 
Sometimes uh, when we are asking for a breakthrough from God, God says uh, you don't need to go and battle every battle. There are some certain times uh, the battle is not ours. It is his battle and he needs to show up. If this battle is something that he needs to show up and, you know, take down the enemy, let him lead this effort. But here God says, no, wait. You shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry tree. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the top of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. This verse is just fascinated me. God says, don't go anywhere, right? If I've read this passage before as well, but I never realized what is God saying about this whole mulberry tree. And the thing is this, God says, wait, don't go, right? But he says, wait until you hear the sound of marching in the top of the mulberry trees. What is God saying? It's not the sound of the enemies. It's not the sound of his army. Who walks on the top of the mulberry tree? Have you ever seen somebody walking on top of the tree? If there is like a bunch of trees in the forest, who walks on those trees instead of on the ground? Who walks above the trees, above the clouds, above the mountains? It's the angel of the Lord God says, wait for my angels to start walking until you hear the angels start to come towards you in the battle. Let them take the front seat of your battle. Wait till the power of mine just goes before you. When you hear the sound that's what the Bible says. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry tree, then you know my angels has arrived into your camp, in your battlefield. Then you shall advance quickly. God says, when I am in the front of your battle, then your battle becomes easy. When I am the one who is fighting for you, then you don't need to lift up your sword and just swing in the battlefield. For then the Lord will go before you to strike the camps of Philistines. Sometimes, if we are looking for the battles to be won in our life, we need to let the angels go before us. We need to wait and that's what fasting does to us. It lets us to wait patiently for the Lord. It does not allow us to quickly go into the... It lets us to listen to His voice carefully. It, it clears our eardrums to listen to God's voice. It, it just gives us a, a more reason for us to wait. The Bible says in Isaiah 64, the eyes have not seen, the ears have not heard, a God besides me. The Bible's talking about, there's no God that you would have ever heard or seen 
other than me, who is mighty, right? Who is just like a bigger than anything that we could think of. The financial trouble, the breakdown in the family structure, the breakdown in the ministry, the breakdown in the churches, the breakdown in our spiritual life, the breakdown from the habits that we are not able to get rid of. God says... If, if you want any of those things, you need to wait for hearing the sound on the top of the mulberry trees for the angels to run over in front of you. And Isaiah 64 verses 4 and 5 says, in that it's, God says, The eyes have not seen, the ears have not heard a God besides me who acts for those who who wait on him. Can you imagine the God of this universe will act on your behalf and my behalf when we wait on him? That's what happens when we start to fast and pray. This time, when he waited for the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord will go out before you to strike the camps of Philistine. And David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. My brothers and sisters in Christ, as you are listening to this voice this morning, I'm going to ask you to seriously consider your ministry, your your personal life, your mission in this life. God has a purpose and plan for your life and my life. The next couple of weeks, I'm going to un, you know, turn some of the pages of those you know, areas of our life to see how can I just like seek the Lord with all my heart, with fasting and mourning and weeping, because we cannot live the same way we lived this year. We need a breakthrough in our life. When Moses was commanded to have his hands lifted up high towards the heaven, it is, it is the physical obedience of Moses that got him the spiritual victory that he was looking for. This morning, as I'm going to wrap up, I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter two, 6, verses 2 to 5. When the Sabbath came, so go ahead, pick up the book of Mark chapter 6, verses 2 through 5. The background is that uh, Jesus has come to his hometown, Nazareth, right? And on a Sunday morning like this, uh, he goes on the Sabbath day, right? That's what it means on verse 2. He began to teach in synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? People were wondering about this Jesus that's showing up on a Sunday morning in his hometown. Is this not the carpenter's son? The son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph and uh, um, you know Judah? 
and Simeon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now, he could not, he, he could do no mighty work there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. The Bible says he could have done a mighty work in his hometown, right? But he only did a few miracles, few healing services. Why? Because some of those people saw him as a carpenter's son. If you see God as just a, like a fixer of your problem, as just a carpenter, then you will get your tables fixed. Then you will get like a fine jewelry is made. Then you will get like a, the normal stuff that you would get because you are flat thinking, oh, he is just a carpenter's son. I'm just going to go to church this morning. I'm going to pray like this. I'm going to kneel down like this. I'm going to do this way, the reading. If you keep it flat and think that he is just a carpenter's son, you will only get your tables and chairs fixed. But if you see him as a savior, then you and I will get our life fixed. That's the God we serve. God says, I am capable of doing mighty things in your life. If only you see me as a savior. If you see me as just a carpenter and not pay attention to the works that I've already done for you, then you will end up just doing exactly what you did this year, next year as well. And I'm going to ask you, saints, as you are listening to this, you know, voice of the, you know, what God is speaking to you, you know, listen to what God has told you so long in this last hour or so about the various things that we talked about. We talked about uh, the second Samuel, right? Chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. I'm going to ask you this week to go ponder on these verses where David, you know, was inquiring of the Lord twice and the first time God says go and the second time God says wait let me handle the battle for you I do not know what answer you're going to get this new year but you need to seek him first when we seek him first the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 verses 33 seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that's what will show up in your life and my life when we get serious about the breakthrough that we are looking for. We need to figure out a way to allow ourselves to deny to ourselves, to humble ourselves before the God of this universe so that He can take control over your life and my life. There are so many ways that we could fast. Some of you may not be able to fast without any food. 
if you are not able to fast without the food because of your health conditions I'm not going to force you to fast but on the other hand if you feel like a, you know God is leading you today to just like a take a moment to fast over the food whatever the food that you like it has to be sacrificial it cannot be flat you cannot see him as a carpenter's son you have to see him as a savior as you go before him and if God lets you to fast here's what we're going to do from January 3rd we're going to take a 21 day fast for Proverbs 2 to 6 I've talked to the leaders about fasting for 21 days for our ministry to have a breakthrough in the new year and if you are looking for a breakthrough in your life I'm going to ask you to seriously consider taking a 21 day fast in the new year that's coming up and in the next two weeks, I, I'm going to talk about like the various places where the Bible is talking about and the breakthrough that was received because of the fasting and prayer. Jesus talks about it in the mountain, Sermon on the Mountain as well. We are going to unpack some of those things in the weeks to come. But if you are serious about taking this fasting, Right for the next 21 days starting January 3rd you could go on you know without certain food you could go on on a liquid diet or you could do a Daniel fast doesn't matter what ways you're going to fast but do it sacrificially because the God of this universe wants to know how serious you are about the breakthrough that you're looking for as we wrap up today, the first thing that I'm going to ask you to do is not so much about the fasting, but asking you to take a moment between now and the 31st of December to take a piece of paper and write down all the areas where you need a breakthrough. It's not about the fasting first. It is about the breakthrough that you are looking for. Do you need a breakthrough financially in your life? Do you need a breakthrough from the sickness that is uh, causing you to burden? Do you need a breakthrough in your business? Do you need a breakthrough in your personal life? Do you need somebody in your life to give up their life for Christ? Uh, and you are asking for that breakthrough. I do not know what your breakthrough is. Uh, but God is reminding you today from the verses that we did, uh, we have to inquire of the Lord of this battle the next seven days I'm going to ask you to inquire of the Lord on all the battles that you're going to go after in the 21 write down in a piece of paper in a book in a notebook in a journal I do not know how you keep track of it but write it down a piece by piece by piece because you are not going to remember everything that you're praying for in the next 30 days and 60 days and 90 days. It's going to vanish unless you write it down of the things that you're asking God for. For some of those items that you're writing down, God is going to say, go after now. 
for others, you're going to ask, he's going to ask you and me to wait to hear the sound on the mulberry tree top for his angels to walk over. This morning, I'm going to ask you to just like a close your eyes for a moment and put your hand on your heart. As I'm going to pray for you this morning, I do not know what areas that you need a breakthrough, but before you ask for the breakthrough, you need a healing of your heart. You need to lighten the burden that's in your heart because of that thing that's bothering you. Because the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, do not worry about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Before we go into the battlefield, we need to remove the anxiety from our heart. Father God, I just pray right now for my brothers and sisters on this line as we are listening to your voice, Father God, for the breakthrough, that you will open the balconies of heaven, Father God, right now, and put, extend your hands upon that, uh, Father God, heart that is being touched right now, that you will just like to remove every burden, Father God. Let it come down right now, Father God, that this whole heart that we have, Father God, we want to fully Commit ourselves to you and you alone, Father God. We wanted to give the entire whole heart to you, not the portion of our heart, Father God. That we wanted to leave, Father God, no room for the fear in our heart as we start on this new year. God, we pray that you will just like come through and break down the walls that has been stuck, Father God, in front of us. God, open the doors, Father God, give give release from the habits that's addicting us, Father God. Give us the freedom, Father God. The Bible says, "If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed." Father God, we hold on to that word this morning as we surrender ourselves. Father, you take the glory and honor, and give us the breakthrough that we are looking for. In Jesus' name, I pray.